The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Toy and welcome once again to a team from the radio, the official the Big Apple Con. This is Joe's Mark Torres speaking with me via virtual distancing. We have none other than L Man Jenny Feldy. That's my name. We have also with us, we have uh, Fishy Sarcasms, Dominic Definition Man Serrano. You ain't to pay, my friends. You know, Ooh. I don't think that's the exact same, but it's close not, enough. No, it's not the exact same. It's backwards, it's, it, right? It's backwards, yeah. How but do you not... spell Yapa Toy? Y A P A T O. I O Y? Wait, O I. That's it, yeah. O I? O I. Not a Y. Right. With an I. T O I. Yes. T O I. Yes. All right. See, I assumed that there it was, was with a y. y. Okay. That's why. Because, right. you know, sense. it makes sense with your made up word. <laughs> so if it, I if wrote the, it back uh, as Y O T A P A Y. Well, that makes sense now. Okay. You know, it's a pay. Got it. And it means nothing? No, it means nothing. It's, it's, it it's, it's a universal greeting. No, it's not. Oh, it's a universal greeting created by one person, and no one else knows it. Oh, well, now, okay. now it is I'll literally. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was. It was created like it, it's. It's one word of his language. He's yet to come up with a word number two. I think. No, I had the other one. Yeah, what's the other one? I forgot. So there you go. Oh my I, ha- God. I have to go do my research. Actually, all, all our listeners to the show can go back and listen to the old shows, and I and I used to use that back then. Um, I think you had goodbye on this week's show. <laughs> on this week's show, we have another Jay Bernalee segment um, from the. Wait, where's my list? I lost my list. This is going to be a great show. This is a. This is, uh, we're we're doing so well right now. I lost my list. There it is. This week's show, we have Sounds another come up Jay Bernalee segment. We also have from the Grindhouse Film Festival. Elman Jenny Kelby interviews artist Ann Mitchell, filmmaker Matt Neal, film festival organizers and filmmakers in their own right, Todd Starooch, and Tom Ryan. Before yeah, we do any of that, I'm going to take it away at the news. It's more than time! News is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which is the official radio show of over 26 years of comic and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December of 17th. December of 17th. Oof. December 17th of this year, which will be the Big Apple Christmas Con. I believe um, the headliners have not been announced yet because we're in the summer. <laughs> Let's run you off the house for our Patreons, of which they are Danny Grillo, award winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Musee Famous, Dresden Media, Unjikun, Shadow Rabbit Art, Yasmin Ray, and Rosa. Want to get your own shot? Go to our website, www.camefrontier.com. It's a button on there, takes you right to our Patreon page, just for a dollar a month, you get a shout out. We greatly appreciate it. All right, so let's see. As we always start off with the sad news, and we have a mortgage borg. 
of sad news. So let's see if we can burn through them right, in the amount right. of time we have. Actor John Awald, A-Y-L-W-A-R-D, uh, died recently as of this recording, which is June 1st, 2022. No cause of death has been announced. While appearing in such films as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part 3, Armageddon, Finding Graceland, uh, Instinct, Bad Company, Crimes of the Past, Gangster Squad, A Million Ways to Die in the West, and No Way In, as well as appearing in such TV shows slash made for TV films as Child of the Night, Swing Vote, The Others, New Fugitive, uh, The New Fugitive, that was with um, uh, the guy who plays Superman, Tim Daly, uh, Family Law, Path to War, West Wing, and Brian Patch, just to name a few. John was perhaps best known for playing Dr. Donald Anspog. In 74 episodes of the NBC television series ER, which ran from 1994 to 2009, uh, he was a surprise 75 years old. Did either one of you two uh, watch ER? A I did. little bit. A little oh, bit, Jen? I never, I never got into it. So, uh, Jen, do you know uh, Dr. Anspa by chance? No, nah, I tried to stay out of the emergency room. It's scary. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Yeah, um, well, more, yes. I'll, I'll say this: He is a that guy actor. Yes, once again, another that guy actor. Just like seeing I said, his picture, you, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've seen this guy in a lot of stuff. Yeah, but if you were a fan of uh, ER, he was the that main was a big thing. Yes. Yeah. So more. I was a fan of emergency rooms. I don't get it. The the, the show emergency room. <laughs> uh, Actually, the other yeah, show well. emergency room. Um, let's see. So, well, there there was another clock. there was another show called ER. ER, also yeah, starring George Elliot. Actually, it was with Elliot Gould. Was, Elliot uh, Gould, but George Clo- uh, George Clooney was in that too. Oh, I was not aware of that. He was, he was in that too, and it was a comedy, not yes, a drama. That's correct, correct. Yep. So let's see. So moving on, some more sad news. Actress Marnie Schulenberg also died recently from metastatic breast cancer while appearing in such film slash TV shows as Made for Each Other, Fringe, Manhattan Love Story, Army Wives, Canterbury's Law, Elementary, Blue Blood, and Alpha House, just to name a few. Uh, Marine, Marnie, sorry, is perhaps best known as the second Allison Stewart on the CBS soap opera As the World Turns, portraying the character from 2007-2010. Now, I think, uh, Dominic, that was uh, one of your soaps you used to watch, right? With your that mom? is correct, yes. So she was uh, Allison Stewart, the second Allison Stewart. Do you remember there, her? There were several Allison Stewarts. Yeah, that that she played the the, the second one at that lasted till when the show got canceled. So she was the okay. last one. Yeah. Um, of note, she died just four days from her thirty eighth birthday. Yeah, that's that's so she was thirty seven. Yeah, that's that's always sad when you hear about someone getting cancer so young. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So even more sad news. Yep. Musician, yep. composer, songwriter, and producer. Here we go. Evangelos Odysseus Papathanusio, known professionally as just Vangelis, also died recently of either complications of the coronavirus or heart failure, depending on the news source, while composing mm-hmm. scores for numerous films, some of which are Blade Runner. Missing, The Bounty, 1942, Conquest of Paradise, and Alexander, just to name a few. Most people know him for the score to the film Chariots of Fire, which the opening simply named Titles, which was later named Chariots of Fire hyphen Titles, was released as a single, which reached number one on the Billboard uh, Top 100 chart. And the soundtrack album was number one on the Billboard 200 chart for four weeks and sold one million copies in the United States in 1981. Um, I... 
have if if you know that song you you, you know that song yeah da, 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 da. and having da, 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 worked da, da, in a in a yeah. video store you probably I, heard it a lot i i actually wanted to see the movie to hear the song because back in those days if you want to hear a movie from the song you either had to buy the soundtrack or you had to watch the movie right so mm-hmm. i was made aware of it from the film vacation with chevy chase because they played okay. the song in there so i was like hey i want to go see this movie and i want to see uh the uh the, the song so i watched the whole movie wait for the song and then i'll be happy and they played the song in the beginning of the movie it's like oh i guess i don't have to watch the rest of the movie wow just for the song yeah i, I used to do that like i wow. watched uh saturday night fever for for the song uh staying alive oh, that's because very interesting. when i watched airplane they made a parody of that and i thought when they have the famous dance scene they right. play staying alive but they do not no so when I watched it, I'm like, hey, I felt gypped. Oh, interesting. Hmm. So he, now, when you say the famous dancing, you mean when he's dancing solo? With the yes, with the with the white on the on the cover with the white right. jacket and the black yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's in in the in the movie Airplane when they parody right. that, he was wearing that outfit and he was sing, and he was dancing to Staying right. Alive. So I thought that that would be what would be in the What's he dancing to then? I believe it should. You should be dancing. Should be dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I was very highly disappointed. So you know, yeah. I guess this makes up for it. So I was like, I'm gonna watch this movie, see this song. It's gonna be awesome. And the first thing I see, like they don't even talk. It's the Cherry Sapphire song opening credits. Music ends. I don't have to watch the movie. Thank you very much. Isn't Staying Alive played as he's walking though, while he's yes. riding down the street? Yes. So it's the yes. same thing. At the end Basically. of the movie, found that mistaken. I believe it's at the end. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. I'm gonna have but to I know YouTube when that. the sequel, in the sequel, they played at the end of the movie and the beginning because yeah. that was the big thing afterwards. Yeah. The, so, uh, you, yes. know, you know, Stallone. Um, Frank Stallone. Stallone. No, Sylvester Stallone directed it. Staying oh, yes, alive. yes, yes. And he even has a very brief cameo in it. He and, uh, Travolta's walking and he knocks into this guy and you see the guy turn and look at Travolta and it's Stallone. And um, the reason I brought up Frank Stallone is because there was the, the, the song from that movie, Far From right. Over, was sung by Frank Stallone in that movie. Right. So let's see. Uh, so as I said, he was 79. And we're going to move on from more sad news, more and more and more sad news. Actor and producer Raymond Allen Leota also died recently in his sleep while filming a new movie. A no foul play is expected. Wait, wait, wait. How did you say his name? Raymond <laughs> Allen Leota. Just Ray Liotta. He's just known as Ray Liotta. Known to his fans. Um, despite being but in his... death, it's a different name. His name right. is not Robert Paulson. Yeah, <laughs> his name is Robert Paulson. Despite being <laughs> most famous for his roles of Shoeless Joe Jackson in Field of Dreams and Henry Hill in Goodfellas, Ray appeared in a slew of films such as <gasps> Unlawful Entry, No Escape, Operation Double Drunk, Unforgettable, Turbulence, Copland, Muppets from Space, Hannibal, Identity, Even Money, Smoking Aces, Wild Hogs, B-Movie, Hero Wanted, Crossing Over, Crazy on the Outside, Son of No One, Entitled, Breathless, Dear Dracula, Muppets Most Wanted, Sin City, A Dane to Kill For, Kill the Messenger, Marriage Story, Hoobie Halloween, No Sudden Move, and Many States of Newark, just to name a few. On the small screen, Ray was no slouch either, appearing in such television shows slash maybe TV movies as Another World, Crazy Time, St. Elsewhere, Our Family Honor, The Rat Pack, Point of Origin, Texas Rising, The Making of the Mob, Shades of Blue, Hannah, and the upcoming miniseries Black Bird. Whew. Uh, he was 67 years old. Yeah. yeah it was, and they don't have a cause yeah. of death yet, do they? 
No, not not as of this recording, which is June first, twenty twenty two. No cause of death, but he died in his uh in his hotel room, much like Bob Saget. You know, the, I, I guess they'll do the autopsy, they'll figure it out. But right now, they don't know. I just picture Doctor Fauci listening to our show and being like, "Please say the cause of death is COVID. Please say the cause of death is COVID." Every single time, just waiting on bated breath. No, it wouldn't be Fauci. It would be some head of a um... WEF. Some head of a hospital because they get like a three thousand dollars every time they have a COVID death. Yes, uh, I'm going to say what probably killed him was Chantix. I was singing that too. Can you imagine? Cause, yeah, because he was he was doing um, Chantix commercials to quit smoking. Yeah, uh, bad news for Chantix. To, yeah, and I think Chantix has been recalled. No, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Oh okay. man. As oh. far back as I can remember, I've been a really Yoda fan. So what's your favorite you uh, Ray Liotta movie? Well, you would understand that that was a that was a reference to Goodfellas if you ever saw it. Oh, because no. he opens no. it all opens with him going as far back as I can remember. I <laughs> be a gangster. Nope, nope. Yes, Bye. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as I said, he was sixty-seven. <laughs> and to and answer we... your question, my favorite Ray Ray Liotta thing is Goodfellas. Okay, because it's uh, one of his best roles. Last bit of sad news. Finally, last bit of sad news. Actor Bo Hopkins also died recently uh, from a heart attack. Bo could be seen in such films and TV shows as <gasps> The Wild Bunch, Moonshine War, The Getaway, American Graffiti, and a sequel, More American, More American Graffiti, The Day of the Locust, Small Town Test, Texas, Tentacles, Midnight Express, Sweet Sixteen, The Ballad of Little Joe, Radio Land Murders, Phantom, From Dust Till Dawn Part 2, Texas Blood Money, South of Heaven, West of Hell, Don't Let Go, Hillbilly LG, Doc Elliott, Kansas City Massacre, Dawn on Portrait of a Teenage Runway, The Rock and Files, The Last Ride of the Dalton Gang, Dynasty, Gone to Texas, Smoky Mountain Christmas, Wire Up, Return to Tombstone, and Time Served, just to name a few. He is once again one of those that guy actors. He has been in a ton, a ton. If you go to his IMDb page, it is filled head to toe. So if you've watched anything, you probably see him in it. So my question is, what is South of Heaven but West of Hell? Huh. Hmm. Because you I guess put you those have to right watch next the movie. to each other, and I'm like, probably like East Rockaway. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> now, just uh, just going back terrible. to the last thing though, uh, Pfizer has voluntarily recalled Chantix because apparently it can create, it can uh, cause cancer. Well, there you wow. go. Sort of ironic, is that you're supposed to use it to get off of smoking, which can cause cancer. Oh, cancer. Interesting. And apparently, it may uh, kill Ray Liotta. Who knows? Well, I guess I'd rather get cancer from Chantix than cigarettes. Sounds like more fun. I think Chantix has a lot of cool side effects, like funny dreams or something, right? Yeah. Well, it also like it can drive you nuts and have terrible suicidal. Hey, you guys want to head outside the bar and do a little Chantix, or you want to have a little cigarettes? Which way you want to get some cancer with me? Yeah. So that's it for the sad news. (laughs) That's it. There isn't more dead people to Uh. talk about. So moving on to the and yet somehow poor Paul Savino is still alive. <laughs> why? Why are you picking on poor Paul Savino? Wait. I'm not picking on him. It's not <laughs> like I want the want the man dead. It's just he's he's so much older. It's just like he keeps going. God bless him. He's 83. Okay. <laughs> From the hey. Remember that college scandal where Lori Lachlan and Felicity Huffman got arrested by FBI yeah. department? Yeah. Well, not to be outdone, none oh, other than Austin St. John, the original Mighty Morphin Red Power Ranger, was arrested in an FBI raid at his home. Turns out that he, allegedly, 
was one of 18 people who sought to defraud the SBA, which is a small business administration, uh, their Paycheck Protection Program, which is to provide financial relief for small businesses that have suffered economic hardships amid the still ongoing pandemic. The indictment alleges that under the leadership of two defenders, um, Michael Hill and Andrew Moran, the group filled out application paperwork for the program and apparently fabricated additional documentation before submitting them. After gaining the funds, the individual wired the fraudulently obtained money to their personal accounts before using their before using them for personal purchases and then paid a percentage back to Michael and Andrew. Overall, the group of the 18 people reportedly managed to receive 16 loans from the program, accounting to the sum total of $3.5 million. Wow. If found guilty, the defendants face up to 20 years in a federal prison. As of this recording, Austin St. John has not commented on the situation. So. But does it really matter? Because doesn't the government just print more money anyway? They'll just like, you know, just get get the printing press ready. As... (laughs) that's one way as as a small business owner i i did look into that and um i i, I applied for something else because i didn't fit under the paper payment protection program and uh when i called the bank they're like oh as long as you have a business account you're okay you know we have all the paperwork you're fine because there has been a lot of people doing fraudulent stuff that's what the bank lady told me so i'm like oh mm-hmm. good to know so i guess <laughs> the federal knew and they went and they got 18 people from the scam it's crazy how We've gone from one scandal to another scandal. Well, you know, I was waiting to hear about this because, you know, during the time of filing and all this, it's like almost everyone qualified. But I I was waiting to see if everyone qualifies. Well, there's going to be some scammers out there for sure. It's like everyone qualified, but only but no one could actually get (laughs) the loan except the big business. I don't know. It's kind of weird. All I'm saying is I'm really glad that the show is friends with Amy Jo Johnson. She's a wonderful person. She is. And and you avoided the bad influence of Austin St. John. Well, the thing is, I have, could have been wrapped up. Maybe in she's scandal. the mastermind. Maybe I have mastermind. I have seen Austin many times. I actually sure went to a party see. with Austin in San Diego Comic-Con. It was on a rooftop party. I was like, hey, that's, that's Austin St. John. And I passed him. Actually, Charlie, uh, I've seen a correspondent, Charlie Saladino, actually talked to him. Uh, at at, uh, at the Eternal Con, he brought him a pizza for uh, he had brought pizzas for uh, the Blue Power and David Yost because he was a vegetarian and so right. he brought him vegetarian friendly pizza and then he gave some to the other Power Rangers who were there. Well, so this guy's the, got all the money. He should have given you pizza. <laughs> yes, I guess so. But so well, were, were I have never got a chance. There? Um, it was uh, David Yost, oh. Walter Jones, uh, Austin St. John, and Karen Ashley, who we also had on the show. Yes. You know who wasn't there, of course, the first Yellow Ranger. That's true, because she suddenly passed away. Too soon. Wow. All right, so let's see. So moving on. Let's see. Should we this? We she lost so her many. power. We have so many. Go, um, go, Power Rangers. Straight to jail. Let's go. It's <laughs> terrible. All right, let's go with this one. This is, a, this is a good one. A little short one. From the... That's a lot of nuts! Department. You know, that's the most consistent department we have every week. Because there's a lot of nuts I out there. Yeah, there's a lot of nuts out there. I the just new, a lot of nuts. The new Top Gun sequel has taken the number one spot in the domestic box office, pulling in a record-breaking $156 million in ticket sales in its very first week of release. In addition to being the biggest Memorial Day weekend ever, beating out the Pirates of the Korean, Car- Caribbean Part 3. <laughs> Pirates which- of the Korean. <laughs> 
139. That's what we call a knockoff. <laughs> it made $139 million way back in 2007. Top Gun is also Tom Cruise's biggest opening ever, followed by War of the Worlds remake, which only made only opened at $64 million way back in 2005. Uh, really? For those of you keeping track, Mission yeah. Impossible ones didn't do better. What? No, it did not. That's that's crazy to think about. Yeah. But that was the highest opening. Remember, this is just opening, not total. Uh, uh, uh. Um, for those of you keeping track, the new Doctor Strange film, which I have not yet seen, is now the highest-grossing film of 2022. That quickly, with 370 million dollars, followed by the Batman with 369.3 million dollars. Top Gun comes at a number five. So, is it possible that Top Gun? Might be the one to dethrone the superhero genres of films. It's possible. I mean, it's like almost a superhero thing in its own way. I feel like Pirates of the Korean would do it. I mean, that yeah, Pirates <laughs> of the Korean, I think, would be a that. Movie. That is the porn movie. Because <laughs> they that's make, the you know, they, yeah. They, yes, right. Uh, all right, so <laughs> I am. I have not seen it, but I'm looking at the cast, and I can't believe they actually Val Kilmer's actually in it as Iceman. Um, the, even the, if it's only a second, I don't care. The but. reports are because of his failing health. Uh, yeah. He did ask to be in it, and they accommodated him as best as possible. That's... And according to the uh, re- reviews, the scene was amazing between the two of them. So that's all you can ask for, you know. Here's the is he acting at all? Okay. No, I mean he's got uh, like a tracheotomy. It's it's very terrible. Well, I mean, oh, man. he is acting in this movie, so yeah. yes, he was so the man, so yeah. sad. He's he's yeah, he had like the he was on top of the world and in like the early nineties and everything. And yeah, he was so cool. Decline. Did you What's... know his, he started out in a, a, a Zucker brothers movie with the connection to the airplane movie. He started a movie called top secret. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing I'm finding about Tom Cruise. He's 59 years old. And I just saw him like giving an interview on Instagram or whatever. He's now just looking like he's hit his mid forties. Yeah, it's really like he's just starting to show some age at sixty, it's, and he's just looking like he's maybe approaching fifty. It's, it's him crazy. and uh, Paul Rudd, the two of them. I, I throw. They in, should be uh, in a movie together. Yeah, they should. And I would throw in Val Kilmer, the the Immortals, if you will. Like, yes, Val Kilmer looks amazing too. Uh, not Val Kilmer. I'm sorry, um, uh, Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves does does look like he is immortal. As yes, uh, when he shaves, I can say because when he did Bill and Ted, I was like, wow, he still looks kind of kind of young. But when he's John Wick, he looks kind of old. Gotta, oh yeah, the, the beard does age. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so let's see. We have three minutes to go. Let's let's do a little another little quick one. See if we can get through this. Um, from the, what chance do the little guys have now? Department. Marvel Comics this could go so wrong. has announced. That 42 of their titles, which were announced in the June's previews magazine, which is obviously a three month uh, ahead of time, will be delayed by one month or more as a result of the many printing and distribution and shipping challenges that have been affecting the comic book industry. For those of you who don't know or care for that matter, on average, Marvel publishes 50 to 60 different titles a month, and previous month's books have also been delayed. So the average of books per month is staying about the same. It's wild that Disney, that's Disney, folks, who owns Marvel, is having issue, issue, huh, problems printing comic books. Yeah, they're not having issues because they can't print them. Right. But I'm bummed. It's, we've, we've talked about the, the, the faux pas, if you remember L-Man, Jenny Feldy, of diamond distributors. 
Mm-hmm. And then Disney Marvel left to make their own, and I think they're working with a random publishing house. So they're still having problems. So what chance do any independent creators have because they can't get their books printed and, and, and published and sent out? What is your take on that? I just think the whole world is struggling. That's been my take for definitively a very long time. But even this week, I'm just like, this is just a weird time for everyone. If if there's a single person that's not struck in some way and having some hardship, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think anyone's not touched right now. So this doesn't really surprise me. Dominic Definition as an independent uh, publisher creator. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I just was ordering a book uh, for one of uh, the Pronto guys, Dennis Knight. And when I go on Kablam, where we get the printing done, they're saying, like, look, just now it's going to take a while. There's there's a lot of issues with getting the paper and getting this and getting that. Um, at, at this point, what's most annoying to me about the whole... Um, with, with a minute left, go the ahead. Whole, like, the whole like supply chain thing is like most of it is just sitting in containers. It's like it's there. We just don't have enough people. It's it's almost ridiculous. And I, I recently heard that one of the big problems is that we have such mega ships to ship things that they won't ship it unless it's absolutely full. But there's not enough product to fill the ships. Mm. So it's all ridiculousness. So I'd use this particular word, but I can't on on radio. Or, or to quote uh, my favorite uh, comedian. Noah McDonald, ridiculous, ridiculous, way out of line, way out of line. Yeah. Um, so with uh, 30 seconds or less, or less, Elman and Jenny Phil, do you have any final thoughts for the new segment? Sure. Instead of shipping humans off to space, how about we focus on shipping things properly here in this mm. world? Wow. Very profound. Dominic, mm. definition man, final. Take it away. Uh, I think we could do that if we actually ship more humans out to space. Oh, <laughs> Nice, very nice. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the game from the radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about the K-Flay concert. I know, you dragged me to a concert. I have no idea who this person was. Yeah. <laughs> get ready for many more you're doing another on sunday i know we're gonna go see grandson right mm-hmm. oh boy all right so we went again to well you went to irving plaza again right mm-hmm. because you didn't uh, you saw bryce vine there yep okay now this time you and i went and we did a meet and greet Mm-hmm. it was it wasn't how i was expecting but so tell me about the meet and greet. So basically, we uh, got there at like four, and we just waited there until like five or something when we were allowed to meet her, and we waited on the line, and then there was like a barricade, sort of. Right. So like, what happened is that uh, we got there, right? We had a so we had a get to sign into the meet and greet around four fifty. Yeah. Was, you know, we got there at four. We had to wait on the line, and mm-hmm. we waited outside for like an hour. Yeah. 
Then we went inside and waited on another line to meet her, right? Yep. But she set up like a barrier because of the COVID friendly kind of environment they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And they had two like figures. It was like six feet apart. And she was like on one side and you were way on the other. Yeah. It was, wasn't how I thought the meet and greet would go, but. What would you have liked to have done at your meet and greet? Like actually like shake her hand or something. Yeah, like, I guess. You know, when you meet someone, you want to actually converse. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just like, yeah, hey, I'm Julie. Okay, signs poster gives it. Like, <laughs> right, we got a poster, and you had to give your name ahead of time. And yeah. You also like they didn't say in the, in the um, instructions that you could have brought a personal item to have signed too. Yep. So she signed, you know, just her name, your name, and her name as the signature, mm-hmm. which isn't like terrible. But if you wanted to get like a special message, you just couldn't do it. Yeah, which was pretty annoying considering, you know. <laughs> but we did wind up getting front row. We did get front row. We got row. front row. Yes. Which was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty cool. We got front row. Mm-hmm. I am kind of glad that you had to wear a mask in a way because I didn't know any of the lyrics. So <laughs> I was like, you know, pretending. Well, I wasn't pretending. I liked her music. I was just like, I didn't know any of the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of stunk in that respect but you know i knew the lyrics (laughs) well you knew the lyrics and again you videotaped the whole entire thing yeah this time you were in first row though last time (laughs) at bryce vine you were upstairs now you're in first row videotaping and she looked directly at you i know and i I looked back at her (laughs) it's not like i was looking at my phone while i was videotaping i was looking at her Right, but maybe she would have reached out to you and given you a high five. Well, probably not because of the COVID, but no. like, sometimes. Yeah, she wasn't touching anyone. So what's your favorite Katie Flay song? Mm, that's hard. She, uh, I don't know. That's She didn't actually perform my favorite one. It's Time For You. Okay. On her, uh, like her 2014 album. Okay. And she, yeah, I mean, it makes sense why she didn't perform it because it's more of a slower song. Okay. But that's definitely one of my favorites by her. Mine was So Fast, So Maybe. <laughs> and it's the only song I really knew. And she did not perform that one either. <laughs> but I did like the song Bad Vibes that she sings. Yeah, that one's a good one also. I mean, I also liked her... I forgot what the name was, but it was one from Birds of Prey. Okay. Like she sang one for Birds of Prey. Okay. And that was also one of my favorite ones. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you enjoyed it, right? Yeah. You had a good time? Yeah, it was awesome. All right, and yeah, we got up front row. I was getting squished by a lot of people. Oh, yeah, there was like a fight or something. Yeah, some drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like twice, I think. It was... Yes. And then we got... (laughs) Well, before the concert even started, we got this awesome slice of pizza. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Right? It was, it was Joe's Pizza, I think. Yeah. And it was great. It was on 14th Street. It was so good. <laughs> I was so hungry, and I was like, oh, my God, this is great. They filmed Spider-Man at the original location, mm-hmm. but this one was not the original, but it was still, it was still good. It was still really good. <laughs> I would recommend it if you're in the city. It's around 14th Street, but anyway. Yep. Stay enough safe. Of, enough of that advertising, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Have a good one. Bye.
The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Radio heads, this is L-Man, and I'm here with the co-host of the Grindhouse Film Festival, Tom Ryan. What an easy name. Hi, guys. Hi, so, Jen. Um, why make a film festival? Why not just go to them like other people do? Well, um, there are a lot of uh, films, especially the ones that we highlight in Grindhouse Nights that are, that are uh, at Grindhouse Nights Film Festival that are very low-budget films, mm-hmm. and... Uh, a lot of them uh, just they don't get play on the regular film festival circuit. Okay. Uh, so when uh, Todd originally created this festival, it was uh, so that he can provide a venue for a lot of these ultra micro sh- low budget filmmakers that he knew that were making these great grindhouse films. Give them a venue where they could kind of show that to audiences and uh, and share that with folks when they when they normally probably couldn't get on more of the mainstream festival circuit. Okay. Yeah. So what are some things that you don't see enough of in films that you would like to showcase at your film festivals or in films that you make well that's a, a, a few different questions there yeah things that I see and things that I make uh, in, in my or films well in my films it's always important to me that I, we have good storytelling and that's something that I think we need to see more in films mm-hmm. is is good uh, or, or great uh, storytelling uh, it doesn't matter what genre it is, whether it's comedy or horror or drama. I think that you can touch the audience in a certain way with uh, the way that a story is either relatable or um, situations that are close to the human heart and, and study the human condition. I think we need more of that in films. I think it's important to filmmaking uh, and in storytelling. And less of. What things should we maybe stop doing in films and things are like oh well, why are you doing this again I don't think there's well you know I, I know that that kind of harkens to you know remakes but um, I don't think remakes are all that bad I think there are movies that should be remade okay. or, 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 or really you know have a lot of potential to be remade um, <clears throat> some of the, our favorite re- films in the horror genre are remakes like mm-hmm. John Carpenter's The Thing you know mm-hmm. um so we think about things like that, and, and, and they've been successful. The Dawn of the Dead remake is one of my favorite remakes, and I, and I actually think that Zack Snyder really uh, shot some adrenaline into the zombie genre when he made that movie. Um, and I think it was a real kick, you know, uh, kick of adrenaline to, 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 to horror filmmakers and that, and that genre. So I think it's, it, can work, it can work a lot of the times. I don't think anybody should stop doing anything in film. No. I think I think, no, I think, you know... Audiences will dictate what works and what doesn't work. Mm. And if there's something that you want to express, uh, you know, film, music, uh, 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 painting, a lot of the arts, it's a, it's a great way to express that, so express it. Um, and then uh, success will find you. Express it. I'm, I've been noticing, maybe I just noticed it now and it's always been happening, but a lot of films and shows, they talk about, we got to say something, we got to, you know, share your voice, share your opinion on things. But one thing that I don't see enough of is action we have all these people uh highlighting the importance of sharing your voice 
and speaking up for something, but how about less talk and more action? Yeah, yeah. That's where I come from. I don't yeah. really care about the small talk, if you haven't noticed. I just rather, let's just do something. Yeah, and, and, and I can definitely agree with you on many levels there. I, I do think that not every film um, has to deliver a particular message. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I do think it's fun when films explore uh, current events mm-hmm. um, because it's it's relatable. It's yeah, just this yeah. is what makes films fun for us is when it's relatable. I do like that, but I also don't like to be hit over the head mm-hmm. with messaging. I love to just enjoy a film for what it is. I like flawed characters. I don't like I don't like to be lectured. So uh, I agree with you. Yes. Um, as far as action, I think there are a lot of action films out, don't you? Well, no? action. But what I see is like there's like the social justice warrior culture. So there's a lot of themes in TV shows and movies where they say you. It's very important that we find our voice and we we speak up. And, yeah. I, and I noticed that as a big theme. But what about empowering people to actually like do something, like pick up letter? A friend and I did that during the pandemic. Sure, sure, Go sure. Go and do something. There's sure. A lot of talk about yeah. Empowering people's voice. Yeah, Have yeah. I, their hands. <laughs> yeah, I think there are people. Right, there are people that use <laughs> film and entertainment as a means to to make statements. And um, I I believe that most people, like you said, what you and your friends did. I, I believe that most people. Uh, uh, don't need a message in order to do good things. I mm-hmm. think I think most people um, will have it in their heart or have it in their in their mind to do uh, certain things during certain times. And uh, we don't need messaging. I think entertainment is a great escape from reality. Mm. And I like I, it today. a lot of times, I like to focus on that part of the let's get away from the the stress and the strife of the human race and mm-hmm. let's let's just kind of go on a, a, a little wild ride together for a brief amount of time and, and enjoy it. You know, commonly something we can all kind of relate to and your final thought for it came from the radio my final thought is come out to these film festivals and come out to the grindhouse nights film festival uh it's an important event that like i said it highlights these independent filmmakers you know we just had a kid that was i don't know if he was like 15 years old mm-hmm. and who, who who's been making horror movies it's his dream oh. um there's a lot of people with these with these dreams and great ideas and great little films that they're making. They don't have monster marketing teams Mm -hmm. behind them. And so you come out to these films, you meet these filmmakers, you support the cause, you support the event, we can continue to have it. I continue giving a venue to young artists that want to get their film shown. Well, thank you. And now back to more. It came from the radio. Bye, Mark. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. Hello, Radioheads. This is El Man here. I'm with Ann Mitchell, an artist, the woman, or I don't know, can we introduce people as women nowadays? Or? I definitely identify I didn't ask your pronouns. Is that Absolutely 100%. That a, woman. Woman. 100%. I don't even know what to call people anymore. It's like, I, I'm afraid to say anything. Anyway, so we're here with Ann Mitchell. She's the artist who created the art for the Grindhouse Film Festival. Let's just take a little look at this. Pretty cool. So now I know a few things, but... What kind of art do you like making? So I'm kind of obsessed with female figure art. Anything that kind of embodies the female figure, body, face to me. 
there is nothing else. There's nothing more classic in art than the female form. Which body parts do you like to draw, paint the most? I think compositionally women are just absolutely beautiful. Missing any part would kind of take away. H to T, head to toe. I love it all. Any parts you're like, ah, God, I want to draw this again. Like, Um, I find noses hard. You know, I find when you're drawing something three-dimensionally and trying to transpose it into a two-dimensional space, Mm. thinking of things, noses are hard, hands are hard, will put you at disadvantage if you kind of are trying to capture what you see mm-hmm. in front of you as an entire... Like the essence. Exactly. And I don't let anything hold me up. Trying yeah. to... I like to do immediate, quick, live, trusting your instincts type of artwork. Do you hold your breath when you do art? No, you probably enjoy it. You know what? Sometimes I will find myself holding my breath because when you're creating art, yeah, there's no time really to think. You're kind mm-hmm. of in the moment and allowing your artistic instincts to lead the way. And I do find sometimes... I'm holding my breath or pressing down really hard to like get the. See, I can see you someone get into the moments. So you're holding your breath because you're so in the moment. Or as me, I'm so critical. I'm just thinking of I don't want to mess up. So when I was in art school, I would always hold my breath because I'm so afraid to make the next move. Here's the thing. analysis paralysis. How do in, you not do that in life? There's so much that everyone can be critical for. In my artwork, I am the ma- I get to be God. No one can tell me what is right or wrong, and I find trusting in my artistic instincts and really um, allowing my brain printer to be what it will be. I like that, a brain printer. See, I knew you'd have a good answer to this because I'm like, I can tell you're someone that really enjoys the process. That's just as important as the piece itself, as is the viewer's interpretation. So you like to play God. Only in my own work where I can make any choice. Actually, I've noticed that some of my favorite friends who I've created films with or photo shoots with their sculptors anyway they're master creators mm. and I find that they just wake up and they decide oh okay I'm gonna build a house today or I'm gonna raise a family or I'm gonna make a film and they, they just decide that they can do that and they don't really have this fear I mean, you seem kind of like these friends mine I you say I'm gonna do something and you make it that would be a very high compliment I appreciate that seems like you put I your think, mind to it you know it is right? artist responsibility to reflect the world that we see mm. and I think it's you know history books are dictated kind of by like white guys and who knows what will be written about in this time right but when you look at art history and human history there's no line you can see what's happening on the ground level and I feel like in this time, So if we can dictate what we see, what are some things that you're not seeing or you want to see more of in art as our final question? Okay. So I feel strongly right now um, social media is a very cool way to like meet new artists and see different art that maybe you wouldn't be exposed to before, but there's something kind of strange in the algorithm that it really appeals to... um, what everyone likes you know okay. the things that get the most upvotes is kind of right. uh, the consensus and art is really meant to provoke and really should be something that's individual mm-hmm. as many different types right. of you know people mm-hmm. uh, as there are is as many different types of art and finding unique art that speaks to you that's what I'm after hmm. so I feel like that might be missing a little bit there's a lot of softness and uh, low lowest common denominator. Okay. But you should be looking for artists that really Pleasing speak the to masses. you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I would speak to you, and you know what? Share it on your own pages because that's the only way that 
the independent artist is going to get picked up. Well, it's not the only way, but anyway. That's the way. If you see it, then, like, share it. Share it. I'm a little bit fuddled, so we'll end this interview now. Thank you very much, and you can catch more at Grindhouse Nights. You can find more of our artwork. And where can we find more of you? Um, Social media. I am Art of Ann Mitchell, and with an E, Mitchell with two L's, um, dot com. That's where I am on Instagram and Facebook. Check me out. And she has triangle earrings, so she might be in the Illuminati. Thanks to you. Back to you, Mark. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. Hi, Radiohead. This is L-Man with Matt Neal. Fresh? Fresh blood? Fresh, fresh hell. hell. So fresh close. Fresh heavens? Fresh heavens. That's a good, that'd be a good sequel. Well, you, you created a movie, Fresh Hell, and it showed yesterday at uh, Grindhouse, the Grindhouse Film Festival, which we're at right now. So um, why are you here, and why are you showing this Fresh Hell film to us? Are, are we supposed to enjoy it, or is it supposed to put the viewer through hell? That's both. Some people love hell. We, we, I came out here to see how people enjoy the movie. It's been in the festivals for six months. And sometimes you're just walking down the sidewalk here and you wind up in an interview. And that's just kind of like that's the life happens. I'm leading. So that's kind of why I'm here, I guess. I just kind of go where the movie goes. And uh, I, I hope you enjoy it. You don't have to. You know, you if you hate it, I guess I just... Hell, either way. Is How do you stay fresh in hell? <laughs> how do you stay fresh in hell? You do don't you in this movie, though. No, but, uh, we try to bring just new weird ways to make you go through uh, a movie, in the, especially in the cyber age. We have a little clue for the radio people listening. What your film's about, or some highlights of it? Uh, a group of people get together over Zoom during quarantine in 2020 and is Zoom-bombed by a really strange fella, and then one by one, the friends start disappearing, uh, all leading their own lives around the country. And uh, the sleuth work of one of the friends lets you know what happened in real life to mm-hmm. each one of them. Um, and that's that. Have you ever been nervous that this might happen to your friend or family? Yes. That maybe Only so. really recently into the Zoom age of life, like if you were Zooming with a friend mm-hmm. and you saw something happen to them, what would you do? You going to call the police? You going to say, I don't know, maybe, do you know all your friends' addresses? Maybe you'd be relieved. you go, oh, God, and that's another one I don't have to deal with. One Zoom call, done, you know? <laughs> These Zoom calls are There's so, so more, no more Zoom calls and, and also no more uh, in-person hangs either. It's you, the ultimate introvert well, life. Which I've kind of turned into. And then the last few months, too, I'm like... That's what this age has done to us. Is, is it really, it definitely changed me. People talk about it, but I got to say, I'm like, I've, I have a certain level of anxiety I did not get socializing. I've been, I've been a road liver, so I, I go wherever uh, the, the artist money is. So I'm happy to get back out there and, and meet people randomly on the sidewalk and put a lapel mic on and talk to them. <laughs> That's what I used to do pre-2020 all the time, so... So you made a horror movie. Now, what things are scary to you on film and, and in real life? Um, I, top four scariest things the, in film and real life. The top four scariest things. Yeah. I'm suddenly doing a live listicle here. Yes. The top four yes. scary things in real scary. life. Aside from being here with me. Ah! It's not. I'm not terrified at all. You're doing a ter- terrible job terrifying me so far. <laughs> um, in general, anything having you having 
like uh, weird and hairy or legs crawling across you randomly hairy out legs, of nowhere. Yeah, hairy. Yeah, like hair. spidery things. Oh, okay. Or, or people with hairy legs running across you all of a sudden. I don't know. Again, that might all know how terrifying that is. Um, and and anything in, in real life that could actually happen to happen to you is what bothers me. Mm-hmm. I'm not so actually disturbed by um, ghost movies. I'm never experiencing supernatural personally. So if I ever do, mm. then maybe I will find those movies more frightening. I'm more disturbed by what actual real mm-hmm. crazy scary people in your life that you encounter every day could do to you. So reality and fake. Do you think hell exists? Do you think that there could be hell on Earth? Is there a real hell? If there is, yeah, I don't think there's a... movie about hell. Tell us about hell. There's definitely not a biblical hell. That's, I don't think so. No, you don't think so? No, no. No? Well, I guess our hell is whatever we create and whatever we make of it. I mean, hell is subjective and and truly one person's hell could be another one's heaven. Mm Mm-hmm. That's Uh, definitely true. That's definitely true. (laughs) Comic-Con, never mind. We're getting into the Clive Barker regions of conversation (laughs) I was going to start listing things that I hate and probably shouldn't do that. But but then, you know, some people may love those things. That might be someone's number one on the best thing that could happen to them in movies list. Hmm. Hmm. Um, all right, so some scary things that maybe happened to you on set while making the film, or um, maybe during editing process. Ooh, definitely during a editing. Anxiety provoking. You brought up a great point. Okay. I'm, our, my next story right now is about the editing process and about a guy making a horror movie in the editing room and how the life. So when I when we made Fresh Hell, I was in Chicago. It was during uh, November of 2020, so it was shut down heavy, mm-hmm. and I'm in this basement apartment that I rented, subletting. And like just watching these horrible images every day, and it's the worst Chicago winter ever. There's snow up to the doorknob every day. There was uh, nine days in a row I didn't leave the apartment. Got no vitamin D. DoorDash was at my window, giving me my food through the window sill. And so that has actually sprung forth an, an idea about a guy who is not used to editing. And then suddenly does something maybe in life and sort of like it's canceled and like now only gets to do like low budget but. junior. Uh oh. Sorry, it's Canadian. I blew it. Sorry, Mark. I was doing so good and I'll then fix it, don't worry. I'm gonna be editing in hell these curses. Continue, continue. Oh uh, yeah. It shouldn't be a curse word. It shouldn't be a curse word. But that yeah, but that's so the editing process for me for Fresh Hell was tough because it was just winter blues Uh, and just making moody stuff and in a bad mood while making it in a bad mood too i mean yeah just being in that place for for nine days in a row and not getting any sun and it it was just being a hard winter and eating restaurant food all the time and just totally feeling shut in and the only thing to do was work on this subject you said nine days it took to edit this that's just how long I was stuck inside. Okay. No, it was three months I was gonna say, of I'm hell like, and of winter pretty, Chicago. Pretty fast. No, three months straight of winter hell in Chicago making the movie. Oh, and this will be concluding our interview. We went way over. We blew it. Sorry, Mark. I cursed twice. Sorry, Mark. Send me to hell. <laughs> Did you have Thank any fun? Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we were having so much fun. I feel like I interviewed you. That's great. Right. I don't know where we were. I don't even know what we said. <laughs> I'll have to listen back. But thank you very much. Then L-Man. now, back to more. It came from the radio. This has been L-Man. Mark's going to kill me. Bye, Mark. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio. The Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla. Now, back to our show. Hi, Radioheads. It's L-Man here with Todd Saruch, the festival heads, the the creator, the man in charge of the Grindhouse Film Festival. So, first question, why make a film festival? Why not just go to one like most people? 
Well, A, I like to have creative control. Me too. And two, the, we want, uh, well, I, in the early day, it was just me. I wanted to do something that was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I wanted to combine independent film with live entertainment. Because, you know, uh, film festivals are great, don't get me wrong. But you go, and it's basically just eight hours of yeah. watching films back to back That's to back. That's what I thought might happen tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to kind of break it up a little bit and say, right. you know, what can we do that's a, l- a little bit different. Right. So that's why I decided burlesque. to create my own event. Thank you. <laughs> we just saw Burlesque. Yes. He, you did a great job. He got, he got dressed really fast. He was on mm-hmm. stage. He was no, no clothes. Amazing costumes, no. <laughs> and I am very quick change. So, <laughs> so okay. So you have the film festival now. What kind of films are you making? Tom said you're you're making a whole bunch of films, but you're gracious enough not to show your own films at your own film festival. <laughs> which could I know I know why, but why would you not do that? Why well, is that a no no? Well, we we could do that. You I could. mean, I you know, but. This is the first time that we have a juried festival where we accepted submissions. Uh-huh. I had a panel of judges, and I wanted to give enough time to screen films for filmmakers who paid a submission right. fee Respect. to be included in the festival. I can show my own films anytime I want. Right. You know? So these folks worked hard, they paid money. Say respectful. I, I felt, <laughs> thank you, I, I felt that we owed it to them. To get as many of their films screened as now, possible. Let's just pretend you're not respectful. What kind of films are you making? What what can the audience <laughs> expect to see from you? Well, I'm a, I'm a film buff, but okay. horror is my first love. Okay. So, with my good friend Tom Ryan, we tend to make horror movies. But I also did recently write and direct a short film called Nana, that was a very personal sort of family drama that I'm very proud of. It so, wasn't scary. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. It's about a boy and his grandmother. They have a big fight, and then uh, he, he's now very distraught over this, and he doesn't know how to fix it. Okay. And then his grandmother visits him, and they find a way that they can fix this. So Grandma's come into play. That's yes. uh, the name of my new YouTube channel. It's inspired, inspired by my boyfriend's grandma. <laughs> yes, we have grandmas everywhere, grandma's jewelry. All right, cool. so now I'd ask the same question to Tom, but I'm going to ask you the same question. Okay. Uh, what are some things you see in film all the time, and you're just like, just stop. Can we just stop with this? <laughs> so it's funny. I had this exact conversation with someone the other day. We were arguing about jump scares. Okay. And, you know, people are tired of jump scares. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's such a thing as an effective jump scare. And then there's ones that I hate where someone, here's a good one. Someone hears a sound outside. They, and then all of a sudden like a cat jumps through the window and you're like, really? Or the old medicine cabinet one, you open the medicine cabinet and then when you close it, there's someone in the mirror behind you. Stop it with that. Just stop it. What's the definition of a jump scare? I'm in horror movies, but for the listeners. I mean, and and look, anything that comes out of nowhere to give you like that jolt of like Ah, adrenaline, you know, that surprise factor. Plug Bloody Nun 3. We just wrapped that. You can find a lot of jump scares in Bloody Nun 2 and 1. The whole franchise is full of jump scares. Shameless self-promotion. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, a little love shame, it. A little shameful. It's okay, but you know sometimes you got to wear your shame on of your sleeve, co- like I do. Now, uh, what do you want to see more of? And, and what can we? What do you want to maybe have in every single film? There's something you want to see in every film. You're going to always do this. Ooh, that is a really good question. I didn't think you'd be able to stump me. Stumped, but <laughs> I want to see more thoughtful horror okay and i don't mean pretentious right i just mean 
I, I grew up in the 80s, so I'm right. a child of, you know, yeah. slasher films right. and everything. But okay, I'm tired of slasher films. You know, right. that's why I'm a big fan of, like, Ari Aster mm-hmm. and Ty West. Like, making films that make you well, think a little bit more, okay. you know, rather than, oh, look, someone's cutting up right. teenagers having sex in the woods, you know? Right, like, right. okay, great. Yeah, it's romantic. <laughs> it, it, although it's romantic to see teenagers cut up in the woods, I would like to see more thought-provoking aspects of it. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. So we have 20 seconds left. Okay. Thank you so much for the interview. What Absolutely. are some final thoughts um, about anything in life from you? Uh, listen, ju- life is hard. It can be. So yeah. find something that you enjoy. And even if you're terrible at it in the beginning, just work hard mm-hmm. and just follow your dreams. I know that's cliche, but okay. <laughs> and if you find something that you love, just hang on to it and pursue it and do the best that you can in it. And if you enjoy something, that says a lot. You should probably stick to that. Absolutely. And even if people don't enjoy it, just keep doing it. Like all of my horror films and my stand-up comedy. You might not enjoy it, but guess what I do? See you later. Absolutely. Back to you, Mark. All right. This is Gray Griffin, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show... Tough. Go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.